0: Thanks for tuning in to the Athletic Scholarship Corporation Radio Network. Heard worldwide on www.athleticscholarshipcorp.com. Your source for college recruiting help, training advice, motivation, and more from pro athletes, coaches, celebrities, and entrepreneurs worldwide.
1: Hi, everybody. Anthony James Hodell, CEO and founder of the Athletic Scholarship Corporation, and today I've got a, a phenomenal leader and life coach, just a, a phenomenal guy, um, Sean Raiz. It's, it's a pleasure to have you on. Your people connected us, and, and we talked briefly the other day, and, and I'm looking forward to the content today because that's content's king for us, and this conversation is going to cross a lot of different lines with Uh, name image likeness student athletes coaches executives entrepreneurs and that's what this show is really about so I appreciate your time and and, you know letting us connect with you and get some education I know a little bit about who you are right now just by doing the research and and being connected with you on social but can you tell us because the listeners are going to want to hear this to start about the younger Sean because that's something I don't know much about and I started getting really interested in that.
0: Okay, great. Uh, well, first, th- thank you for having me, Anthony. I greatly appreciate you doing some phenomenal things for the students, the athletes, and it's just great. You know, I- I'm re- really going to deep dive into some phenomenal content. Um, one thing that you said was life coach, and it's so funny, right, because I get that a lot. But it's more of actually a life and business strategist, more of a brand consultant. But we'll get into that as well, right? So I when people ask me my story, I just tell them that I'm just a kid from Harlem who God chose to show his favor and mercy through. I grew up in the late 80s, early 90s in Harlem, New York. And you don't have to be a historian to really know what took place during that time. It was one of the many infamous pandemics that we have suffered in America, and as a people in particular. I made a lot of bad decisions during that time without the right leadership, without the right examples, without the right peers, without the right peer group, without the right coaches, without the right structure. right? So I made the wrong decisions, and I I suffered some of the consequences that come with making the wrong decisions. As many of the people that share my ecology, age, and background, many of them are, but there came a time when luckily I fell in love, right? I, I fell in love with the young lady and I was going to do the same hard headed stuff again, because you know, old habits are hard to break. Mm-hmm. And so was the ecology, the lessons that you learn from where you come from are kind of hard to break. But when I fell in love, I, I really had to ask myself, was I going to write the same book again that I had written many times? And so I wanted to, Try something different and give her, as well as my children, an opportunity at having a responsible, well-rounded father-husband man. And I always said that I believed, but I never gave the chance. Right? So I say I believe, but I'm still sticking to what I know best. At this point, I realized that I kept running into the brick wall over and over again. So I finally got out of the driver's seat, sat in the passenger seat, and released and submitted It said, I don't know everything, but I'm willing to try whatever I'm shown. And I was shown school. So I actually had to go back and start something or finish something that I had started a long time ago. And I got back into school. Funny thing is, I'm still there now. (laughs) I'm just not I'm just not a beginner. Now I've got two master's degrees and I'm currently in two doctorates at the Ph.D. stage. So that's a little bit of my background, where I come from and how I got here. Thank you so much for asking me that.
1: So it ties into uh, Meduna's 18 years, and it started with, you know, we talk about the economics and race and all these different uh, dynamics and, and influences on our life. And I started the organization because I had a tough time. I didn't have a good peer group. I made bad choices, too. No one forced me to do anabolic steroids or to take a shortcut to be a better athlete, which I thought was a better athlete, Mm. but I didn't have a good core group. You know, they say, show me your friends. I'll show you my future. That's right. You know, it's very true, you know, being 49 now looking back and thinking if I just had a few little nuggets of information and that's what these are about. These podcasts are just to give, if you could take a little nugget with you and we'll get into some really good nuggets because we're both seasoned experience and had, education, which is failures. Um, Failures educate you greatly and they're very expensive. Um, But, you know, my organization, I've seen kids in inner city and they say, well, they're better athletes because they don't have PlayStation. They don't have this. No, they're trying to get out of a situation. They're, they're trying to get out of, and they're some of the nicest kids i ever met. They didn't pick their family. They didn't pick the situation. They didn't pick, you know, where they're at, but they know if I do this, I'm going to get out and I've seen my friends do it. And so there is a, you know, a beautiful thing over 18 years that I've seen. And that's some of my most beloved projects is working in those because you see a life change. Some kids are just gifted, right? You know, they're you check every box yeah. They're six, seven, 300 pounds. They're not great in high school, but you can't teach size. But then you get a young man that's in the inner city, five, nine, 170 pounds, you know, you can't check every box, but they just have a big heart and, they, and a passion to get out of the situation, to have a better life. And that's an amazing thing to see. And, and that's what the foundation of these conversations are, is to educate. Um, and, and I know you've got, you know, at this point, a, a great audience and you've moved forward a lot, obviously multiple degrees, which is amazing. Um, you, you probably look back, you never think you'd be sitting here right now, I'm sure. Oof, never. It's... Um... <laughs> It's actually a dream that I never had come true. So what would your advice be to any young, I'm, and I'm not talking about just you know, troubled youth, or, and trouble could be economic, it could be behavioral, there's so many different things that trouble us, even you and I today, we, we have troubles, we face different things, but what would be your advice to a young man or woman that maybe have, they think the, st- the card's stacked against them?
0: accept your hand, accept your hand, right? Number one, accept your hand and then know the next steps. What's the next steps after knowing your hand, after realizing you have your hand? Okay, so you accept that. This is my hand. You play it to your best ability. You play it to your best ability. I'm not going to give you something cliche that just says figure it out. (laughs) Right. The way you the way you play your hand to the best ability is that you watch seasoned veterans. You go to someone who's been there, done that. You go to people that you look up to and you figure out how to get in contact with them. Coaching is one of the most powerful forces on the planet right now. And before I had the money, pay very close attention before I had the money and before I had the access, I had a phone. I had a phone, and because I had Google and YouTube, I didn't use it to play games. I used it to go to YouTube and follow and learn from the people that I'm friends with now. Mm -hmm. That's what I did, and I climbed up the ladder with knowledge that was free. Educationally, I went to college. Non-formally, I went to school on YouTube, and I followed And I listened and I learned from and I implemented the techniques, the tactics and the trademarks from some of the very same people that are in my phone now.
1: Yeah, you're 100 percent right, because, you know, even with my wife, she always comes to me and says, hey, how do you do this? And I go, why are you asking me? Because I'm just going to go to Google and I'm going to find the answer or I'm going to look at ones that I tested. A, B, split it just like in marketing. You test something doesn't work. Try B. That's what we do. And that's what the amazing thing with the internet is there's so many tools and and that leads into kind of the foundation of our conversation today is name image likeness and ironically we talked the other day and I told you our state was allowing our high school student athletes to leverage and monetize their name image likeness well that was rejected yesterday (laughs) so we're back to just college kids um And now being in this business, it's changed a lot in the last two years because we knew it was coming, you know, with the college athletes making more. And now these coaches are making nine, 10 million a year. We knew money is going to drive a lot of different things and some great and some seriously bad, Um, you know, with, with money, you see, I, on my end, I see a lot of things that I go, wow, you know, this is definitely greed driven, or this is dishonest and you're dealing with 17 year old kids. And we try to give them advice that not everybody's going to be honest with you. And I'm sure in business, you and I face it. People aren't always honest. You know not. No, so they're not. no, <laughs> um, on the name, image, likeness, I know you do a lot with that. We do a lot. Everybody says brand. You know the, the buzzwords I call them, brand, uh, scalability, leveraging all this. What what do you really define name, image, and likeness as?
0: Well, we can say, well, I use MVPs. MVPs, your morals, your values, and your principles. So where I come from, we put meaningfulness over money. We put impact over income, and we put principles and purpose over and passion as well over profit, right? So your name, image, and likeness is not just your name, the way you look, and the images of you once it's taken. Your brand is the energy that you come into the room with Mm -hmm. and it's the conversations that are had after you leave. The brand is the impression. The brand is the energy. The brand is the interpretation. Think about communication and the sender and the receiver. Many times you intend to send a specific message, but the receiver hears something completely different. So the, 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 the brand is the, personification. It's the energy. It's the energy that's left in the room when you leave. It's people's interpretation of you. It's so many different things. The brand is an idea. It starts as an idea. How do you want to be perceived? And then the way we teach it, you actually have the ability to mold, fashion, shape that, and grow that into a bigger movement than just you.
1: I agree with you 100%. I think with young student athletes, even entrepreneurs just starting or seasoned veterans, it's not just, I'm a great athlete or our company's doing great, so therefore I'm in a position of power or people are going to compensate me. There's so many moving parts in that. And even in my past in leadership of larger companies, it's really about culture and it's about people buying in and being a good coach and a good leader. And it doesn't mean you're the smartest guy in the room. Um, I've been in situations where I knew I got to hire people better than me and then work with that management team and build that culture. And it it takes some, some crafting and to get people to buy in what you're doing. It doesn't mean it's dishonest. It's just, this is what we're, you know, our agenda, what we're here to do. Um, With the student athletes right now, what I'm seeing is they just think since I'm the top player, I can do whatever I want on social media and then I'm still going to get these deals, and that's the furthest from the truth. Because if you look at pro athletes, there's a big shift in marketing where a lot of companies, when you look at even Subway with Jared, that situation. You look at uh, athletes when they have a criminal charge or civil issues. Ooh. The corporate brands run; they scatter. There's a moral clause yeah. in yeah. that agreement, and I think it's important for the listeners to to understand that. A lot of people see the back end result of you know, a reaction to an action, but really people are watching everything you do under a microscope with social media.
0: Yes, the camera is truly never off of you. The eyes of the world are always upon you. So you always have to be mindful of what you're doing, why, how it could be interpreted with the the context, content, what the, the consequences of that interpretation could be. So you have to think of longevity, longevity and legacy, at the same time. Now it's not just immediate gratification, which a lot of kids are into, a lot of grown people are too. They want immediate gratification. (laughs) Why the divorce rates are high? (laughs) They want to have an idea and have the result. They want to plant the seed and then sit in the shade. And it just doesn't happen that way. It takes years and years to build it. And a very important thing is that if you don't prepare with the right foundation then you can lose in 20 seconds what it took you 20 years to do.
1: There's nuggets that, you know, people like yourself, Grant Cardone's, Inky Johnson. I mean, there's different scopes of what I research or what I what I take in with my free time. I'd rather watch educational content and say, you know what, I've seen that they already tried this. So I'm going to go a different route. And I've learned a lot. I think I learned a lot more watching this type of content than I did in college. That's for sure. Um, Cause you've got guys and, and females that have run businesses or athletes that have been through it. I've already made the mistakes for me. Um, you know, they always say on shark tank, if you can get Mark Cuban in a room and pick his brain about your idea, you may not like what you hear, but you might've saved you a lot of money and a lot of heartache. You know, I've made, and I'm sure you have tremendous amount of mistakes, very expensive looking back. And I go, should have listened maybe should have researched a little more and it's tough for a young man, young woman, even someone starting their business to really, you know, buckle down and say, I've got to do this sweat equity. I got to go for a long run. You're right with, with the phones and instant gratification. People don't understand that it takes years to develop with your business. You've been, you've been at it. I've been at it for 18 years. I'm still reinventing what we do.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I agree. It, and we can bring it back to the morals, the values, and the principles. Do you want the pop tart result? You know, do you want the, the plot fizz? You know, do you want mm-hmm. something to fizzle out? And what we learn is that a, a success is attainable, but is it sustainable? Mm -hmm. And that's the question. You don't want to be a one hit wonder. You want to be here for the long haul. You want to be here. You want to be a Hall of Famer who did it the right way. You want to be here 40 years later. I was just reading how Jack Ma and Alibaba has a 102 year mission statement. 102 years. He started with an idea and he cast a vision out 102 years, which will be here long after he is gone. So for the young person watching this, hopefully, they'll be thinking about how their grandchildren or great-grandchildren remember their name and their legacy and how they can positively impact the future and the world with their impression or name, image, and likeness.
1: Let's assume you have a child that's a student athlete, high school student athlete, or in college. Would you yourself personally be really embedded in the management of their brand, their image, their reputation? Would you hire somebody to help with that? What would you do personally with that?
0: Well, they say don't mix business and family, right? So because I would be emotionally involved.
1: it's a great I answer. Would,
0: I would be involved in so far as making sure that the person that I hired to manage that situation was qualified had a heart of gold, and was a genuine, authentic example of what he taught. Mm -hmm. That's what I would, that's as far as I would go. I may oversee, check in, month to month, half quarter. So it's just like when you work with an organization as a consultant. When you come in as a consultant with an organization, the organization is the client, but the end user may be multiple heads of departments. A CEO may hire you as an organization to come in and work with the marketing department, or the sales department. So those are the end user of your services, but you report to the CEO, you report to the organization on a monthly basis what the prognosis is, what the progress is, progress reports. That's how I would want to deal with a coach who had a heart of gold and who was um, really genuine, not ingenious, but genuine who was good at what they did. And when I say good at what they did, I don't mean securing more sponsorships. I'd rather have scholarships as opposed to sponsorships. I would be looking for someone to develop my athletic son or daughter into a fully rounded individual that will not be consumed by the world on the big stage, right? So I'm, I'd be very interested in character development, leadership development, education, as well as experience and expertise. That's who I would hand off the responsibility of unemotionally curating the best possible example.
1: It's stunning that you said that because the foundation of my business was we cannot guarantee what level they're going to play. The goal, and and we lose a lot of opportunity because a lot of people are mascot chasing is what we call it and Mm -hmm. you know my my son johnny should be playing at ohio state or uh, alabama and you know what if if you want that and you have that desire go after it we're not going to be the dream killer but we have to check these boxes we have to go through certain steps and i've lost opportunities but i've always stayed true to get a free education because that's going to be more important you're one play away from getting injured Okay. and sometimes when you're sitting on a zoom call or in the past we had multiple offices across the country you know pro athletes working with us it's a tough conversation to have because you don't want to kill somebody's dream go after it and there is that kid that's 5'8 150 plays point guard and just plays d1 ball it's just that kid you know and everybody looks at the step curry's of the world or. Um, you know, we could talk all day about athletes that are undersized or step too slow and still make it happen. I mean, Jerry Rice was one of them. He wasn't blazing fast. He just ran yeah. scientific, precise routes. And, and, and he was like Tom Brady. Same thing. He was horrible at the combine. You look at him and go, there's no way. You look at him and then look at today and you would say, there's no way that's the same guy. So we don't want to kill a dream, but we want to manage that process with the end goal mm-hmm. being and education, because no one can take that from you. There's a lot of value and upside in that education, and even what we both do—content stuff on YouTube, free information—doesn't mean, oh, you know, you used to tell us growing up, if it's free, guess what you got? It's not, and that's not true anymore. No you know, so. connections are priceless. Networking education is priceless. So, I'm glad you said that because it reinforces what I do, and every day I deal with people that it's sad that I see parents have the expectation and just talk D1, 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 big NFL, NBA. And that's great, but let's work the first step and let's get someone to embrace you because this individual that's going to be a coach is going to be like a second father, second mother. It's going to be a big impact on their life. I had a huge cool. impact from my coaches. Some of them, I think saved my life. You know, I've been in some dark spots and it's so important to when you look at a school, or when you look into do business with people, you don't have to be best friends, but you got to have some sort of synergy and connection, be it going to pick a college or hiring someone to manage your brand. You know, it, it, it's all the same thing, in my opinion. I'm glad you said that because it reinforces our mission. That's our core foundation is get the money, I always say, get the money first, get the education.
0: Oh, yeah. The the, the education is definitely the way. Right. It's funny because I lived my entire first 20, 30 years of my life. Chasing the money. Right. And And it's
1: fast. Money can run fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It goes fast as it comes. Right. And that's why more than 70 percent of pro athletes are bankrupt three years later because the money comes fast and it leaves as fast as it goes. But the interesting thing is when I hit the brick wall and I finally said, you know, I've got to do something that's sustainable because the fast money is attainable. When I said I have to do something that's sustainable, I had to go back to school. Those two uh, degrees over there are just two of the four and the two coming. Right. So I had to go back. And that's what you don't want people to have to do is repeat you don't want people to have to repeat. So they say that smart people learn from the mistakes of others. And geniuses, they say smart people learn from their own mistakes, but geniuses learn from the mistakes of others. Right? So if you're watching this and you're at a place at a crossroad where you have to make a decision, I would say learn from wisdom and learn from people who have been there, done that, learned from it, picked themselves up, you know, brush themselves off, and came back to tell you a better way. Definitely. And, you know, with the, with the D1, with the D1 and with the star uh, colleges and the star situations, what if they are successful? What if they are successful, but they're only successful on the field and they're not a champion in real life? They're not. Uh, you can't put them to the, the water test. Off the court. Whoever you are is going to show up. Money is only a magnifier. Money is only a magnifier. So let's talk about that part. If you're not who you say you are, as far as morals, values, and principles, when the, when the camera's on you, everybody has the right thing to say. But leadership and who you really are is what you do when the camera's not off you or when you think that the camera's not on you. And you'll find out soon that it always is.
1: You're 100% right. And I had actually an exit question, but you kind of walked me over to it. And this is a tough question, and we didn't have a script. Remember, we talked. We said, "Look, we're just gonna we're gonna hit record and just go because that's genuine, and we're having you know dialogue that's genuine. It's from the heart." Um, Tough moment for you, you know. I always ask champion moment. We'll get to that later. But what's one of your toughest moments? And it might be Sean looking at younger Sean, or it might be today. What What's one of your moments that you just go, "Man, that was the toughest thing I had to go through." (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's 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 a, I really have a good couple <laughs> but i'm going to give you i'm going to give you the the most raw that comes to my mind right so the most raw that comes to my mind is and there's a story behind it so another lesson the never never les brown said, instructed me on this he said never tell a story without a principle and never have a principle without a story right so what the most hard part was when i received my book the foreword for my book while my mother was fighting for her life in the emergency room. It's the hardest, the hardest thing in the world. My mother saw me poring over this book for the longest time. You know, when I started to change my life and I started to do the right thing, she always said that your father is, uh, he's, he, he would be proud of you. She said, he is proud of you, right? And I just worked hard. I just worked hard because I knew I had to collapse time. I had to make up 15 years of time in three. So I did five years of work in one let me slow that down and bring that back a little bit. <laughs> the way to collapse time is to do more work in one year than most people will do in five. So you get from three to five years of work and progress out of one year. So you, if you do three years of work in one, in five years, you can do 15 years of progress and growth. Or in, if you can do five years of work in one, then in three years, you can get 15 years of progress. So I tried. I I worked as hard as I could, as fast as I could, because I knew I didn't have so much time. And I reached out to Eric Thomas, who's a person that I consider to be a phenomenal influence, great coach, a friend of mine, an acquaintance of mine, and I look up to him. phenomenally. he's a great mentor. And I did not know him from a hole in the wall. And I had just finished my book and I reflected on what he had done for me being influential in my life when I was a student of his by distance that he didn't even know. Right. He was coaching me through the process. When my book was done, I sent him. I guess I poured my heart out. It was one of those moments, Anthony. I was on the Long Island Railroad. I was coming home from a long day of work, and I just poured out my heart who I was, what I had been through, and the, the phenomenal coach he had been for me, even though he never knew me.
1: So you cold-called him?
0: I cold-responded to an email.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> I cold-responded right. to a marketing email. Which is a
1: mass email. marketing email. Right.
0: Listen, and I connected, I connected my PDF to it of my book. It was done edited, but there was no cover or anything. And right. I sent it to his company and I said, listen, you've been such a great help to me. I just want to know if I have anything. Tell me what I did wrong. Tell me you hate it. If there's any way that you can do this for me because you have helped me so much. I just basically gave it to him to give him his flowers for what he had done for me. I sent it to him, said, thank you. Three days later, while I was on my job, I got a response. Knocked me out of my seat, horse kicked me in my chest. And it's Eric, the, 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 the gatekeeper, one of his handlers, one of his phenomenal staff, said that Eric loves the book and would like to write the foreword to it, if you have time to wait before publishing. Took my breath away. Completely took my breath away, told my mother. She's happy. Everybody's happy. After that, she gets sick. She gets sick. She, this is months later. She's on her almost terminal. And she's in the emergency room. And I'm in the waiting room about 10 o'clock in the morning. And I got the I got his testimonial with his logo emblazoned upon it, and it hit me so hard how far I had come, and the fact that I was going to have to move forward without one of the people that I had <clears throat> done it for. Mm. One more moment. This is this is the this is what this is what put the trifecta together. Made it a triple layer cake. As I'm reading this thing, there's a glass in front of me. The elevator door opens up, and one of my sons walk off the elevator. That had to be about the hardest moment right there.
1: That's a tough question, and I appreciate your answer. and so would you say your championship moment is the, the, the book and, and Dr. Thomas, that connection or I mean I would I, say, I, I
0: would I, say this. I would say the championship moment was when she, because she came out of that and went back a couple of times. She was in hospice and she was in a home and I actually got the physical book. Now Mm -hmm. at this point, she couldn't walk. She couldn't get out of the bed, but I had the book. I was still working a consultancy job. And I took the book to her and said, look, mom, I did it. And she was so happy. She was so happy that to me meant more than all of the millions of dollars that, the you know, the mint could produce. That was my championship moment. Do
1: you think you put her through tough times when we are young? Oh,
0: did I? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man, I was a
0: hard, I was a real problem growing yeah. up. Yeah. I, was a, I was a standout kid. I stood out. I made a difference. I made a change. People noticed me, whether I was on the right side or the wrong side. You know, and that's why I go so hard in the paint, as people say, on this side, because if I can do it the wrong way hard and stay up late and give it countless hours, then I can't give the right side anything less.
1: Who was an influential person in your your shift? I mean, I'm sure, you know, personally, I looked in the mirror and said this, this, this I can't, you know, my run rate's not going to be. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna have a lot of runway leading this type of life. Um, yeah. you know, I got the wrong crowd. I actually left the, the crowd of people I had around me and and had to change everything and and pretty much disappear and pick a new group of people yeah. that were I perceived better than me. And sometimes that doesn't always work out because they have a a double life. But um, who was your just your influencer that you felt was really supportive or? paramount in that, that shift. And it could be just you, you know, but I, I believe I would, there's always somebody involved. I, that's what I I'm would have
0: about. to go back to Eric, I would really have to go back to Eric, when I was beginning to change my situation. I was looking for information, I was young, I was hungry, I was thirsty for knowledge and wisdom and understanding. And I was on the internet all the time looking for this. And one day this, 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 um, this video came into my YouTube feed. And it was when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. And it was Dr. Eric Thomas. And I began to study him.
1: That's a chiller. yeah,
0: Yeah, I began to study him and how he had gone from an inner city, Detroit, dropout, homeless. You understand, running with the wrong crowds, 16 to becoming a Ph.D. I said, what? I said, hold on, because at that point, I just wanted to get a job. At that point, I just wanted to get a job and make a, make a, uh, a good living, a decent living for me and my family. But then I, I said, oh, hold on. I said, we, as a people, do PhDs? From that there, I said, oh, OK. I set my, and this is the funny thing, Anthony, I've got two master's degrees. I haven't been to a graduation yet. I haven't been to a graduation yet because I'm not done. Because I'm not done. You
1: set that standard to yourself. That's right.
0: I'm not finished. I didn't go to an associate's graduation, bachelor's graduation, first master's, second master's, wow. wow. None of them. I haven't been to one yet. Wow. Because I'm not done. I've got more to do. And when I get done with these PhDs, I got a PhD in organizational development and change coming and an EDD in leadership for change coming. And when they're both done, I'll go and accept. Right. But before then, I don't I don't have it in my plans. I don't have it in my plan. So it was seeing his example and then seeing him as a speaker that made me want to become a speaker and say, oh, we do that, too. And then seeing him as a coach, I was like, oh, so, you know, no, not, not to take anything away from a Tony Robbins because I've grown to know him as well. And he's phenomenal. But when I saw Eric Thomas, I saw a black representative. I saw someone who looked like me share the same demographic. I said, oh, well, if he can do it, all I have to do is see the standard." I have to see the possibility. Once I see the example, I can become the example. So that was, that's who I would have to say. I would, it would would all have to come back to E.
1: Yeah, I do um, follow and watch a lot of his stuff. And one of my friends is mutually friends with him now, Lewis house. I started with Lewis, you know, his story is not a story. I've seen it, seen him live it. And to watch a guy do that. And we talked about it. it, You, you, I love watching that. I love seeing somebody else succeed. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't like that. And I'd say, and my math may be off, but I feel like eight out of 10 people have jealousy or hate or don't want to see someone else succeed, and they'd rather tear you down. And that's a problem in this country right now is instead of, you know, we're letting the media, we're letting politicians, we're letting people tear us down instead of lifting each other up. And something as simple as getting on a Zoom call, which is free, as long as you have internet, if you don't, go to McDonald's, use the free internet if there's a will, there's a way you'll figure it out. Because here's what opened my eyes about life. I've talked to people that were ex drug addicts. And they said I had an 800 $1,000 day habit. And I'm going, if you can make 800 to 1000 to support that habit, I should be able to figure out to support my family, my mission, what I want to do. And it wasn't easy. It was a lot of hours, a lot of research, and it's continually, you know, education at 49, you know, you see kids today and we talked about, you know, shortly a bit ago, condensing five years into one or two years. My wife and I were talking the other day and we're seeing high school kids graduating high school and also graduating college. And I go, you're kidding. They're starting when they're freshmen taking qualifying courses And they've met the criteria of the 12 hours, credit hours, and they're graduating college at the same time. And I'm going, I didn't finish. Maybe I should go back. And I think you've touched base on this and looking at your material. It doesn't dictate who you are going forward. You have time. It doesn't matter if you're 50, 60, or 20. Oh, Um, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. That's one thing. That's another myth. Right. That's one of the you could just call me a myth buster. Right. Because my story is one of those that you would read about in a drama that wasn't true. However, and I did it for that reason, because, like, for instance, those who know me know they can't tell me an excuse. It's impossible. I'm not the one for it. My children can't tell me an excuse. They might hate me for that reason at that very moment when they are trying to get over on something or tell me an excuse or be soft about something or give me a reason why they can't do something. But when you become the the standard for excellence, you can't have mediocre around you. And that, Anthony, is why I think there's the hatred and the animosity or the the sinister appeal towards success, because when you defy the odds, And you come out on top shining. Then everybody knows it's possible Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and their excuses no longer work. Or at least they don't work around you, so they stay away from you because you become a standard bearer. And your light shines so much, there's no dark, there's no shadows for them to hide their little excuses in, or their little weaknesses or ineptitude. Right. So that's the thing you want you and you want to do that every single person. You want to be the standard of excellence for the people that are around you. Become competitive with it. You know, become competitive, healthily competitive with the people around you to see who can shine the best and become the most successful, run the fastest, throw the farthest.
1: Yeah. One of the things I did in a previous life is it was an automotive. That's where I started. I was a broke college kid. I got off a bus, didn't have a car, and I needed to work. And I had a connection with a car dealership and started selling cars and moved up the ladder quickly. But one of the things in the management style was I'm going to do all these different jobs. And I learned that from a mentor indirectly just paying attention at 19. So I wasn't a bright kid, but I was very receptive. And I, I just knew I got to watch and pay attention. It's just like sports. Business okay. is just like sports to me. And what I found quickly was, if I inspect what I expect. So if I want you to do these things, I need to show you without saying or talking, do these things by action, show a positive result, or maybe I fail. And I say, you know what, we tried this, it didn't work. I had a culture in my leadership was, make the mistakes, because I'm going to make them. But let's learn from it and figure out what do we do next time so we have a better outcome. And it does always mean net earnings or it, it, it could be just growing, uh, you know, intellectually or emotionally. But I always was successful with going in and doing that job at the ground floor, doing the higher job and saying, you know, just like you said, you can't use an excuse. Nope. You know, I, I didn't bring you in to give excuses. I brought you in to provide solutions. If you have a solution or you have input that I don't care if you come to me and say, I disagree with what you're doing and here's a better mousetrap. Heck yeah. Let's sit down and talk about it. You know what? I'm glad you're on my team. And that's a real hard thing to do. And my ego being a younger kid didn't let me do that until I got more mature and failed a few times and said, wait a minute, let me get a team. You you can't, unless you're a wrestler or a boxer, you need a team. you know, I'm sure you, you have a team. You got a great team. They reached out and connected us. I have a team of people. I can't build great websites and put together marketing programs for athletes unless I had the team of people. And, you know, I'm glad we're on the same wavelength with that because a lot of people beat their chests when it's award time. And I kind of I went through big failures in big business and I took those bullets because as the top leader, you got to have thick skin and be accountable because at the end of the day, the decisions do stop at your desk. But collaboratively, when there's a success, it's your teammates. Um, So let's talk a little bit about and and try to bridge this. I know we're covering a lot of bases with, you know, because a lot of our listeners now used to be, let's wait. They're high school kids or some of them are in college. And only the small half of a percent make it to pro sports. There's so much more about this. It's not about a pro athlete. It's not about somebody that has the liquidity to start a business because you could start a business on a shoestring.
0: I started started in the basement of my job with a Blackberry.
1: Where did Amazon start? We know that. Exactly. (laughs) And how long did it take them? Everybody thinks it's an overnight success because then you hear about it and that leads to branding. But what's your advice? to that younger student athlete, or to the parent, or someone that wants to be an entrepreneur, what are your th- three to five main things that you say, hey, you, you've got to start with these things? You know, if you just made a quick, we're sitting at dinner, and, you, and I write down a napkin, I'm talking to you, what, what am I writing down? What's first your thing you want
0: to do is have an idea. You've got to have a picture. If you don't have clarity, then you're already there. So you've got you to have an idea or you're already there. So you want to know where you want to go. Once you know where you want to go, you got to make a decision. A decision is an incision. It cuts off anything else. A real decision is an incision. It removes all possibility for anything else. When I said I wanted to go to school, before I, want, before I said I wanted to go to school, I knew what I looked for. And that was able to collapse time for me. When I said I wanted to go in business, I knew what I was looking for that was able to collapse time for me. It it sucks the middle out, like there's no middle. I don't suffer during the time. I don't think about the years. It feels like I enrolled in school yesterday, even though I've been here for 10 years. Same thing with my business. Anything I've been through has only been a learning experience. When you make a decision, a real decision. Number three, get your Phil Jackson. Find your Phil Jackson, find your North Star, find the guy that can create the triangle offense in Chicago and LA. Everybody thinks it's the player. Everybody's like, oh, the player is phenomenal. The player is phenomenal. But without the right coach, the player can score a million shots and be MVP. But the player won't get the Jordan. And he won't create the legacy without the Phil Jackson. So find your Phil Jackson. That's number three. Number four. <laughs> Once you find them, be coachable. Once you find them, be coachable. If a giant allows you to sit at the feet and learn from the wisdom, you're going to learn. You're going to develop. You have to be patient. You have to be patient. And for the fifth one, keep a state of expectancy about you. Keep a state of humble disciplined expectancy. It's like foreknowing, foreknowledge, knowing it's going to happen. When you know it's going to happen, you're calm with when. You're not Mm -hmm. so, so, and not so attitude laden, not so anxious, not so preoccupied with when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? Just know what's promised to you, know what your birthright is, Know what you're working towards. Know that you're working with the right people. Have faith in your team and enjoy the ride. That would be my sixth. My bonus thing would be have fun at all times. If you're not having fun, then you're enduring punishment.
1: Yeah, you know, there's days in business, and I'm I'm sure you have them. You go, and then you just go home and sleep, and you wake up again and say, you know what, I got to start positive, and it's going to get better, and your people can't see you and that translates an athlete on a high school team as a leader or a key player, especially if you're the quarterback or you're the point guard. You can't have your head down. you got to keep playing every play because those coaches are watching those plays. When it's not on your side of the field, what are you doing? Are you taking a play off, Or do you have that motor and that never quit? I've seen so many kids that they're missing something, but a coach sees that and says, you can't teach that. And, and I try to tell kids just every play, you, if you miss a block, go down and get another one because you keep playing until the whistle and life is the same way. You know, it, there's, there's bumps and bruises. We make mistakes. We get in trouble, but I think you, you made a good point. When you condense everything, you keep yourself so busy that you can't get in trouble. You're focused, laser focused. Oh, you have
0: to be co-obsessed. You have to you, be co-obsessed. There's no way you're going to get a championship ring, let alone five or six, without being absolutely obsessed. You don't allow, for, you don't allow room for error.
1: Cardone you know is they big say? on journals. On they, the
0: they say the devil exists in spare time.
1: That's Don't true. have
0: any. Take care of yourself by filling your plate. People say you're doing too much. I say if you're not where you need to be, you're not doing enough.
1: Journals, are you big on that? I've, I've gotten big on it where I – have to chart my time and day because I can't manage it I'm not organizationally sound because you get so much stuff thrown at you and I think as an athlete or entrepreneur you've got to chart your vision your day oh I gotten to the point where it's every 15 30 minutes I know what I have to do and I'm managing that sheet of paper in front of me instead of everything else and are, are you big on that
0: I am. I am. Thank, thank God right now I've got an executive assistant that helps me with that stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But and even though even though I do when it comes to vision and mission, vision is the leader's job. So if you're the leader, when you get big, when you have EAs, when you have a team, when you have an assistant, when you have a PA, a personal assistant. You still have to chart the vision. They're responsible for facilitating the mission. Yeah, they're responsible for facilitating the mission. But the vision is the leader's job. And dealing with the vision, the constant curation, the constant iteration of the vision is what I keep massive notebooks around me for. I promise you this was not planned. Just, I keep massive thought holders here because thoughts come consistently. And when they come, you have to track them. Voice notes, you have to track them. The thoughts, the thoughts move so fast, and ideas come so fast, and you'll get in, you'll get, you'll see something, and it'll give you an idea, and it'll be a ten million dollar idea, but you'll get distracted by a three second or three cent voice. So pay very close. Yeah, pay pay, pay, pay. three cent voice. Yeah, we get, we get, we live in a world of distraction. We live Uh, in a three second world, where we have the attention span of a goldfish. So it's very important that when you have the flash of genius, you write it down and record it. Because if not, it'll be lost in the vacuum. You'll never get it again.
1: I had to laugh, seriously, because there's times I get interrupted and I go, you really stopped me for that. We're spending our time on that now. And you're absolutely right. you got to write it down, keep something. The phone is an amazing tool because you could record anything. I do the same thing. Then I go back to it and it's like, okay, how do I execute it? Is it actually viable? Um you you talked earlier for a moment about your response to Eric Thomas. How long was that that response? And what I'm what I'm getting to is that student athletes or parents, they don't want to knock on doors. They just assume no one's gonna answer. And you know what? 90% aren't gonna answer. 95% aren't gonna answer. You're not gonna have a 25% close rate unless you're that 5% kid. But you have to knock on doors, even if you have somebody marketing you or managing that process, you still have to have a personal touch and oh, Knock on the door. OK,
0: I understand the question. I'm sorry. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm glad that you elaborated more to help me. Right. When it comes to branding and attracting your ideal audience, I do it reverse. I don't do push marketing. I do pull marketing. So what that means is that when you position yourself effectively, when you're in line in accordance with your morals, your values, and your principles, and you know who you are, and you authentically accentuate yourself. So let me go back for a moment. Let me go back for a moment and explain. Leadership and branding have the same underpinnings, the same undercarriage. The chassis, when you open the hood, the chassis is the same. So you may have a V12 on the outside. It looks like a V12. One says the HEMI when you open the hood of leadership and you open the hood of branding, specifically personal branding. You have self-awareness, self-regulation, emotional intelligence, self-determinism. You have authenticity. You have all of the underpinnings that are similar. So. When a person wants to brand themselves and become a leader in their space, they want to have those characteristics, self-awareness, self-regulation, emotional intelligence, um, authenticity, self-determinism. That gives you confidence. When you emanate confidence and you speak like you already know, when I talked about foreknowledge before, you don't really have to go knocking on too many doors. Because the right ones will come to you when you position yourself the right way and then you stand on it. So your every move is marketing. Your every word is marketing. When you go to meet someone knowing who you are, knowing what you came for, knowing your birthright, completely confident, comfortable in your skin, sure of yourself, not worried about if you don't get this deal, I want you to look at it like if you don't get this deal, then this deal is not the one meant for you. When you move like that, the market is much more amenable to you. Mm-hmm. We call it train them how to treat you when they meet you. Say it with your chest. Keep your spine erect. Look people straight in their eyes and be more comfortable in your skin. Be comfortable enough in your skin to walk away. Or say no to the wrong opportunity.
1: That's your best deal sometimes.
0: All, it, it always is. Or right. it leads to the best one around the corner.
1: You save your time for the real one.
0: That's it. That's it. And be comfortable in your skin. Be comfortable in your skin. Don't jump at the first thing. Know that they're looking at you many times from an underprivileged position. They're looking at you from a, almost a, a potentially predatorial position because they know where you come from. Inky Johnson said that he slept on a floor with eight people. So you <laughs> think that they didn't know that he was eager to get out of that situation? You think they didn't know that a person that comes from that kind of background is going to take the first chance they get or the first contract they get? Your time is coming if you are the person, persevere, if you are the person, persevere. Because many situations are not to be had, and the right situation is the one that you can add a couple zeros to the back of.
1: Wow. I mean, it's, it's funny you say that because I talk to kids and I say politely thank a coach, let them know that you're measuring all your opportunities, you're going to intelligently sit down with your family, and look at what is the best thing for their full spectrum of their goals. It's not just sports. And maybe it is, maybe that's all they care about. But you can't portray that. You have to sit down and slow down. And one thing I see that's really crazy right now, and and it's the name image likeness thing, these kids are offer grabbing, and they just post, 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 and I'm getting offers, I'm getting offers, getting offers, and the coaches are getting tired because, um, you know, these kids are posting, I got 28 offers. I have one client that had 30 D1 offers now, and I'm going, that's wild. Um, that's LeBronish. you know, so they, they post it because they like the attention and notoriety, but I always tell student athletes and parents that this coach is also offering they only need two. They're offering eight because they know the numbers. They've got it down the data for year after year after year. They know everything their next move, like you said, five years down the line. They have a plan 10 years down the line what the program is going to do. Don't kid yourself. When you raise 20 $30, 40000000 million a year in revenue for winning, they've got a path. And yeah. it's just about executing it and making that work. So I always tell them, don't believe everything you're told. Talk to some people that have already been in that program. Try to find out what their experiences were. And that will give you some light. Because like you said, you know, the brochure is great. When you go and you visit a university and I've been through it, it's amazing. They make you feel like you're the most important thing. And then when you actually get to camp, you're not. You're not. You're just another number. And if you don't like it, move out. You know, and that's, that's how brutal it is, and it's still that way. And I think you know, with the internet, it's great, but they sensationalize a lot of things, and, and a lot of kids miss the reality. You know, I had one client that thought he was a quarterback, told the dad there's no way he's never going to take a snap as a quarterback in college. Kid is a freakish athlete. He's probably one of the best tight ends in football right now. I've had him since high school. Oh. And my conversation with the dad was very genuine. It's not going to happen. He can throw the ball with a lot of spin, but he's going to miss the whole bus. He can't hit a bus. But if he realigns his thought process and just takes an opportunity and plays football, wherever that is, he's probably going to be one of the best in in this era. Went to school. Dad calls me. He says, he's the only school that offered him as a quarterback. He's going there. And I said, he made a great mistake. He's not going to play quarterback. Here's what's gonna happen. He's gonna show up to camp and they're gonna hand him an 80 or up number. It's not gonna be a quarterback number. He calls me back a couple of days later. He says they lied to him. He wants to quit. He wants to leave. It's don't do that. I told you what was gonna happen. Went through it. It's playing now. It's unbelievable. It all, you could see it. He's just one of those kids. And then you get kids that you go, it's never gonna happen. No way and they're killing it you never saw it so we we all guess it's a guessing game it's a guessing game in life it's a guessing game in our decisions in business every day it's how do you take that data and capitalize on it and data is everything experience is everything you know money i can give you a million or you can give me a couple million i can blow through it pretty quick and come back and say it didn't work out Uh, You know, how many marketing agencies have come to you and say, we can help you do this, this, just let's do a test for uh, $200,000, and you go, no thanks.
0: All day. All day.
1: Yeah, every day, every day. That's right. Go back to your childhood with, I don't know if you were an athlete or not, but go back to 17 or 18, having the tools today that they have, you know, the internet, all the platforms. How would you maximize or spend your day using those tools?
0: Wow, you got some phenomenal questions first. Congratulations. (laughs) Congratulations (laughs) on having the best questions possible. How would I, I, I guarantee you that I would probably be a personal brand and no less than five years solid. And it might be two. I say five because I would want to study who I was, how I think, and what the need is, what the pocket is, what the gap is, and then fill the gap. That's it. Fill the gap. As a young student, guys, if you're watching this right now and you're listening to, you know, you're under our voices, what I want you to think about is what does the world need that you can provide besides a slam dunk or a home run? realistically like think of a a jeter think of someone who offers something to the world that's bigger than just a touchdown what does the world need this is how you make yourself an asset as opposed to a liability because careers football careers don't last forever so after the career is over after the lights go down after the people go home after the season is over after the seven year run is over what are you going to do then that's what I would do, Anthony. I would start thinking long term, way before long term arrived. I wouldn't have to figure out what I'm going to do at 30 because I would be thinking about 30 while I was 13. That's what I would do. I wouldn't have to. I would plan. I would use 10-year thinking, two, ta- two kinds of thinking, 10-year thinking and then neutral thinking. Trevor Moad wrote a phenomenal book called Neutral Thinking. It's unbelievable. It's, it's con- there's consequential thinking and there's positive thinking. What he says is don't use either one. Use neutral thinking. Something happens, something exists. So you, you're born poor, so what? You've still got two hands, you still got two feet. Dad isn't home, so what? You're still here, you still have every opportunity open to you. Your house demographic just looks different. Your statistics just look different. That's it. What I realized, Anthony, when I started asserting myself and expressing myself and standing up and being a man was that I had every opportunity that was offered to those who came from different backgrounds, every single one. I just made a decision to enter the field, to step on the court, to get into the ring of life and fight like hell. That's a great
1: question. It's a better answer. That's for sure. Thank you very much. I greatly appreciate that.
0: So we had our the, the, the question determine the quality of the question always determines the quality of the answer. That's I'm
1: trying. I'm I'm digging in there. I'm getting, there's a lot of intelligence. I'm just trying to get in there within the hour and Ooh. get some nuggets. And I know some folks didn't even get this far into this. They didn't pay attention this long. Some Ooh. that did, they're going to get that that data and that information. Ooh. And you know, I call it the hour of power. I, I appreciate your time. I know yeah. you have the book. You have coaching, which could apply to. A young man, young woman looking to go to, you know, college, play sports or just go to college or start a business. There's a lot of young people that are starting businesses. Um, How do they get in touch with you, either through your folks or personally or your website and how they get your book or your materials? I know you've got some good stuff. I actually was kicking the tires on adding it to the cart. So, yeah,
0: thank you. Thank you. Um, I would just say Google me, man. I'm everywhere. Google me and pick your point of entry. On Amazon, we have the seven prerequisites to success and the phenomenal leader. We are all over social media. So literally just Google me and pick your entry. Come to SeanRaiEast.com and just learn. Just learn. Like it's not, I want want you to learn before, we want to earn your trust before we earn your money. It's not about that. I always put meaningfulness over money. I always put powerful conversations over compensation. I always put uh, principle over profit. It's not about the valuation. It's about the value. Everyone is not out for your money. Some people just want to help you.
1: And you're being genuine in that statement, because one of the things that when I discuss with your people is our mission, our platform is always, we don't compensate to get people on for content. We help each other. That's obviously, you know, our time is our money. That's our asset and that's our equity and our knowledge. And we're sharing each other's knowledge and, I'm always about networking and cross promoting each other, but you know, you didn't get a dime to spend your hour and I'm sure there's so, other things you can do, but you're passionate about sharing things as much as I am. And you I know, I'm sure people. our audience appreciates it. And I do too.
0: I want to help people. I come from a, I come from a disadvantaged background, what they call structurally stratified. So I get it. Mm-hmm. Everybody doesn't have money. And when I didn't have money and I didn't have the opportunity, I couldn't pay my way in. I was so grateful for people like Eric, people like Tony, people like Brian Tracy, who just gave, gave, gave. I learned that if you give, you deserve to live. You deserve to live as long as you can give and give and give. Zig Ziglar said that you can get anything that you want in life as long as you help other people get it, whatever they want in life.
1: Yeah. That's not asking or handing out. It's not a handout comment. That's doing things and, 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 it's really been recently that I believe in karma and I believe in energy. I really, Good. you know, younger, very ego driven, money, money, money. And and I think a lot of us with the wrong people around us, you're just going to make that mistake. It's inevitable sure. because you're really actually insecure, not educated enough. You don't have experience, you're immature. So you think money and flashy things, it hides what's really going on inside. Um yeah. You know, I've had tremendous sports cars. I drive a, I think it's a 2008 BMW right now that I bought at the auction. I don't care. That doesn't define who I am. Um, trying to network with people does because that's your legacy of what have you done and helped. And I've gotten more gratification personally out of watching kids in economic situations or kids that are overlooked. And you see them and you, you run into them in the grocery store five, six, seven years later and they're like, man, you really changed my life. You can't buy that you just can't buy that.
0: No. And you do
1: the same thing with entrepreneurs, you know, athletes. So I'm, you know, honored to be connected with you. And and I'm sure we'll do another one of these because you said something earlier. I'm like, show two, I already got it. I wrote it down.
0: (laughs) Okay, definitely. Definitely. I greatly appreciate that. Anthony, it's been a complete honor, complete honor, privilege and a duty and obligation to serve. That's all I want to do is serve. So thank you for the opportunity for allowing me to serve on your platform.
1: Sean, I appreciate it. When the wife and I are in uh, New York, which we do once a year. Uh, I have a friend that's in Harlem that's an actor and we try to get out there every year. COVID really messed it up, messed up a lot of things, but um, a lot of good came out of it too with technology. People are really embracing, you know, it used to be we'd have to fly out, fly you out or. Somebody had to go somewhere, and I remember using WebEx and now Zoom, and the technology is amazing, and, and we can get more done in, in that short window that we need to get done.
0: Yeah, it's another example of perspective. No matter what the situation may be, if, if, if it looks wrong, turn it into a positive. No matter what we're dealt
1: with, the human being is resilient. We will continue to triumph and overcome. All right, my man, I appreciate it, and I'm sure we'll connect again. Yes, sir. Let's go. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning
0: in to the Athletic Scholarship Corporation Radio Network. Heard worldwide on www.athleticscholarshipcorp.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more college recruiting help, training advice, motivation, and more from pro athletes, coaches, celebrities, and entrepreneurs worldwide.